At the time of this recording, I'm about one month into my zone two training. If you've been following me on Instagram, I've posted some pictures and talked a little bit into detail about this zone two training and why I'm doing it. But I wanted to give you some background if you've been thinking about it, or if you're just more curious how to actually take the steps and start training into zone two. That's what we're going to talk about today, as well as what I've learned in this past month and how I've progressed. Welcome to Rehab for Runners, the podcast for runners who are ready to get out of pain and run with more confidence. Dr. Lisa will guide you with the clarity you need to unleash your potential with tools, practical tips, and exercises so you can enjoy your runs and exceed your goals. So the story really begins for Zone 2 training last summer. I believe it was in July that I got COVID and I really didn't have that many symptoms with COVID except fatigue and a pretty high heart rate. But luckily my resting heart rate after I had COVID went back down and stayed in the 40s, which is about pretty normal for me. But unfortunately, that high heart rate during any sort of workout or running continued to stay pretty high. And about a month ago, that's when I really started thinking, okay, this needs to change because this isn't healthy. And last month I ran the 10K and I have the stats up now. My heart rate was very high and I know it was race pace, but it was floating around 180 to 182. And that is just not efficient. That's not healthy. That's honestly setting myself up for failure when it comes to the efficiency of my heart. And that's when I knew I had to make a change because of how high my heart rate was. And it wasn't just at race pace. It was even my easy runs where my heart rate was still around 170 and I could just feel myself huffing and puffing and my heart just beating out of my chest, even on an easy run, which is not normal. So I decided to take matters into my own hands, do some research, and really came across Zone 2 training, which I've heard of before. And really, Zone 2 has to do with a certain percentage of your max heart rate. So the first thing that we have to do in order to determine our different zones is to determine our max heart rate. So a simple equation to find out your max heart rate is 220 minus your age. Now, some say this isn't 100% accurate and that's okay. We're just ballparking this because we're not in a data lab. We're not going to be 100% accurate. So right now, we're just going to do 220 minus your age. So for me, I'm 29. So 220 minus 29 is going to sit around 191 beats per minute. So in order to get to zone two, I want to sit at about 60 to 70% of my max heart rate. The different zones, so it goes zone one to zone five with zone five being the highest. So zone five for me would probably be around 185 to 191. And then it gets lower as the zones decrease. And that's why zone two is around that 60 to 70% of my max heart rate. So I luckily have an Apple watch that gives me the data for my different zones. And I don't know how accurate it really is, but again, we're keeping it simple. 
And according to my Apple Watch, it says my zone two is about 134 to 144 beats per minute. Now that might be a little high considering zone two is 60 to 70% of your max heart rate, but we're just going with it just to keep things simple. So the whole idea behind finding my zone two and sticking with my zone two on the majority of my runs is to really strengthen my heart. So I'm going to read off a couple different benefits for training in zone two. And this is really where I was shocked at why I have not been doing this earlier, but no better time to start than now, right? So some of the benefits to training in zone two, you'll increase your performance, you'll increase your aerobic base, you'll increase your mitochondria and the efficiency of your mitochondria. That's all at that cellular level. Maybe you remember the term mitochondria from science, but that is actually linked to decreasing your risk for type 2 diabetes, which is interesting. Also in zone 2, you're going to be burning fat versus glucose for energy. So if you think about if you're sprinting or really going all out when you're running, you're burning more glucose for energy because you need that quick energy source versus if you're in zone 2, your heart rate is lower and now you're burning fat so you can work for a longer period of time. So you're burning fat versus glucose. You're also... Also, your body is going to have more oxygen available, so you're not going to be huffing and puffing as much. You're going to be able to be running and staying in that conversational pace where you're not feeling like you're gasping for air. And that also will help your muscles be able to contract appropriately and recover faster. And you'll also have a lower resting heart rate. Now, like I said before, my heart rate and resting is pretty low. I'm more worried about the second I do any sort of endurance-based activity, it spikes up to like 175, 180, doesn't matter the pace. So this is where I was like, okay, I need to train in zone two and I am only going to focus on my heart rate when I am running because Zone two, if you just start training in it and you have never trained in it before, you've never messed with it, it's going to be a big shock to how much you have to slow down and even do a walk jog to stay in that zone two. And the whole goal behind it is we're really training our heart to contract more efficiently so we can run for longer periods of time without getting as fatigued. So I decided I would start training in zone two. I decided I would give it two months and see how it improved, see if there were any changes. So the first week I ran four runs in zone two and I believe my first run in zone two, I focused more on time versus distance since I knew I was going to be slowing way, way, way down. So my first run in zone two was three minutes and 30 seconds slower than my race pace, just to give you an idea. And I did have to walk at times just to decrease my heart rate, especially if it spiked up or even if I felt like I slowed down with my pace and it still wasn't decreasing, that's when I would walk. So it really was just dependent on what is my heart rate according to my Apple Watch. And I'm not going to lie, I felt like I was going backwards when I was running, but I will say I was not fatigued after that run. I felt like I could talk to anyone for the entire run. I felt like I could sing and not be out of breath. And that was a really good feeling to feel like I actually had control over my runs. So during that first week, 
I did my first run. That was very eye-opening. And then I did three more runs in zone two and just changed up the time. So my first run was a 40-minute run. My second run was a 60-minute run. And then I think I did a 30-minute run and another 40-minute run. And I will say, after my fourth run, I feel like I was getting the hang of what pace I had to be at without looking at my watch as much to make sure I was still in that zone two range. And when I looked at my watch, I just really made sure I wasn't above 144 beats per minute. And if I was, I would just slow down. If I was in like the 155 to 160 range, I would stop and walk until I was about at 140 beats per minute. So I entered my second week of zone two training, which I feel like was a lot easier because I knew what to expect. I knew how my runs were gonna go. I knew how to pace myself a little bit more. So I knew that this week was going to be easier mentally and physically. So in my second week, I was able to run 45 seconds faster than my first week. So my first week, I was three minutes and 30 seconds slower than race pace. And in my second week, I was two minutes and 45 seconds slower. So I'm increasing my pace and staying in zone two, which is the whole goal. And that's exactly what I wanted to happen. I eventually want to be able to really, really increase my pace, staying in zone two. And I knew at this point something was working because I was devoting four days a week to zone two. I thought about adding in a speed workout, but I just said, I really just want to make this my priority. So come two to three months from now, I can start to train for my fall race and have that base for zone two to be a little bit faster of a pace than it is right now. Week two was actually when I started writing down how I was feeling during my run And then after my run to really keep track of how everything was changing as I was training in zone two. So I wrote down in week two that one, I was not craving sweets as much, which I think goes back to the fact that in zone two, my body is burning fat as fuel versus glucose as energy or fuel. So if you think about glucose, that's just sugar. And I will say if I was running at a normal fast pace in that zone four or zone five, I was craving a lot of sugar after my runs. So now that I'm in zone two, I'm training in zone two. I didn't have those cravings as much, which is super, super interesting to me. So I also wrote down that I wasn't as fatigued after my runs. I felt like I could keep going. I feel like I wasn't as tired the next day or as sore the next day compared to if I did a harder workout with my heart rate a lot higher. During week two, I was also strength training two times a week and then I added in 30 minutes on the bike and I made sure not to go higher than 144 beats per minute as well on the bike. So I was just doing a Peloton class and made sure that my heart rate wasn't spiking on the bike. And if it was, I just slowed down or decreased the resistance just to keep it on zone two. Now entering week three and four, I continued to have about the same pace, keeping that 134 to 144 beats per minute according to my watch. And I again, I wasn't as tired. I felt like I could go further. I wasn't craving sweets as much. And the other thing happened that Again, I always find this stuff very interesting because I feel like there's so much correlation with it, but I used to, especially if I was training for a race, higher mileage, I used to have to get about nine hours of sleep at night. And that's 
that's okay. That's normal. I knew my tissues were repairing and recovering. But when I say I was absolutely exhausted at eight o'clock at night, I was to the point where I couldn't even keep my eyes open. So what's interesting was I now was able to, I know I sound like a grandma, but I was now able to get to nine o'clock or nine 30 before I felt like I could go to sleep. And I just think that's interesting because my heart was obviously working harder. It was working faster. It was basically almost working at my max heart rate. So of course I'm going to be more fatigued. I have less oxygen going to my muscles and my tissues. So I need more time to sleep, to repair and recover. And I really do think that that is correlated with me having to sleep more versus now I don't feel like I need as much sleep. Now, if my mileage increases, of course, I might need a little bit more sleep, but you get the idea of how I was like, could not even stay up because I needed that time to rest and recover versus now I don't need as much time with the same weekly distance. So if you're thinking about getting into zone two training and you don't know where to start, the first thing that I would do if you have a running watch is pay attention to your heart rate. Look at your max heart rate on your runs. Look at your average heart rate over your past couple runs. And if your watch doesn't tell you which zone you're in, now if you have the Apple Watch and you go to that activity app, you can just click your heart rate and it'll tell you how much time you spent in the different zones when you're running. But if you don't have that, it would be a good idea just to look at what is your max heart rate and then you can go ahead and multiply it by 0.6 to 0.7 just to get your zone two range. And then all I want you to do on your runs is pay attention to your heart rate. Don't pay attention to your pace. It's very, very humbling. And honestly, your pace doesn't matter right this second because you're just getting into that zone two. So just look at your heart rate. Try a walk jog. Try jogging. You're going to have to really, really slow your pace down to stay in zone two if you have not worked on this in the past or this is your first time kind of getting into zone two but I think it's important to work in zone two really to get your base down because once you have zone two you're able to run faster maintaining that zone two that's the pace that you're going to want to be at for about 80 percent of your run so as you start to add in more of your speed workouts or your intervals maybe you're training for a race you still want to stay in that zone two for 80 percent of your runs and then 20% of your runs are at that higher heart rate. And that's just gonna improve your performance. You're gonna be able to run faster because I think of it as like you're preserving your energy for those speed workouts so your heart can pump faster and it also can recover faster because now you've built this aerobic base and once you're working harder, you're running faster, it can pump more efficiently as well. So if you haven't tried training in zone two, I encourage you to start and we can go through this journey together. So this is just part one. I'm going to update you every month on how my pace has changed, how I've been feeling during and after my runs. I've heard on line when I researched it that I knew it was going to take time for these effects to really take place because they're working on such a cellular level but I heard it takes anywhere from two months to six months. And I really think it depends how much time you're devoting to zone two and how much you're really working on it on a weekly basis. So we'll see how it goes. I will post part two in about four weeks and we'll just compare the results. 
I will see you next time. Bye.